Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Great Detectives. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. Also, I do encourage you, if you've not already, to check out my first uh, mystery novel, Slime Incorporated. It is uh, available as a paperback, an ebook, or an audiobook through Audible.com or the Apple Store. It's a tale of murder and dirty politics set against the backdrop of a gubernatorial campaign. And you can find it and all my books and ebooks at store.greatdetectives.net. Well, now we are returning to Mr. Chameleon. For the longest time, there were only two episodes of Mr. Chameleon in circulation, which I played the last week of 2013 and the first week of 2014. And then we started having more come into circulation. And we played episodes going up to 1951. And then some episodes that were older started coming into circulation. So these are earlier episodes in the last ones that we played. So sorry for any confusion. If you didn't hear Mr. Chameleon before, it is a series about a man named Chameleon, who is a chameleon and a master of disguise, and uses that to help him solve murder cases. So in some later episodes, that becomes, well, more obligatory than anything else. The series stars Carl Swenson, who was a really prominent New York radio actor, who was at the start of a very long and successful career that would include roles such as Mr. Hansen on Little House on the Prairie. The series originated in New York and came from the radio factory of Ann and Frank Hummer. Now, with all of that preliminaries to get you up to speed, let's go ahead and take a listen to today's episode. This is actually the 12th of the series. The original air date, October 6, 1948, and the title is The May and December Murder Case. Tonight, we again present the famous Mr. Chameleon of Central Headquarters in his most famous cases of crime and murder, brought to you by the makers of Bayer Aspirin. As all of you know, Mr. Chameleon is known in the police as Chameleon, the man of many faces, who appears in various impersonations to track down his prey. The audience always knows who Mr. Chameleon is, but the criminal he is tracking down seldom does. Tonight we give you Mr. Chameleon and the May and December murder case. Heartbreak can be such a quiet thing, 
unaccompanied by hysterics or even raised voices. And as Barbara Roberts sits talking to her husband, George, in the attractive living room of their 12th Street home, she almost wishes that he would cry out in protest. And she says to him, Oh, George, I can't bear to hurt you. You don't know how I hated to tell you this. I'm glad you've told me, Barbara, darling. It, it wouldn't have helped either of us if you'd put it off. But it seems so unfair. You're such a good man, George. You've never hurt anyone, least of all me. Ever since I was a child and you were appointed my guardian, I've loved you and depended on but you. But not as a... not as a woman. You loved me the way a child loves her father. I, I never should have married you. The fault was mine. I told you there was too great a difference in our ages. And I laughed at you. I was so positive I could never love anyone else. I was sure you would someday. That's why I insisted that if that ever happened, you tell me immediately. I... I suppose you want a divorce. Yes, George. All right, Barbara. We'll arrange it as quickly as possible, and don't feel too badly. It'll all work out all right. I, I want you to be happy. That's the important thing. George, you haven't even asked me who the man is. It's... No. That's the one thing I don't want to know. Later, perhaps, but right now, I'd rather you didn't tell me who he is. And, and now, Barbara, go to bed and get a good night's rest. In the morning, we'll discuss the details. Good night, darling. Sleep well. Barbara. Barbara, wake up. It's nearly half past eight and breakfast is ready. Barbara, I want to talk to you before I go to the office. Barbara, answer me. Well, what's wrong? Why don't you... Barbara, what's happened to you? She's dead. She's dead. Operator, operator, give me the police. And a few minutes later, still so shaken that he can hardly speak intelligibly, George Roberts kneels again beside the body of his wife. And with him is the famous detective, Mr. Chameleon, the man of endless disguises, the underworld's most feared man who is saying compassionately, uh, Mr. Roberts, you needn't stay here. You wait for me in the living room. I'll question you. No, there. no, I'd rather stay. There may be something I could do. Mr. Chameleon, who could have done this to my wife? Who? Twisting a rope around her throat. I, I always hated to have her sleep at this room alone. The window opening into the garden. Yes, these... Um... Ground floor apartments are very easy to get into. Where'd you sleep last night, Mr. Roberts? Uh, in the study, way at the front of the apartment. You heard nothing? No, sir, not a sound. Our maid comes in by the day in time to get breakfast. I, I knocked on Barbara's door. Breakfast was ready, and besides, we had something we wanted to talk over. And I, I found her. I found her like that, Mr. Chameleon. She was too young to die. Too young and too beautiful. Forgive me, Mr. Roberts, but uh, she was a great deal younger than you are, wasn't she? Over 20 years younger. You happy together? Well, there's something I must tell you. Our marriage was at an end. My wife asked me for her freedom. Were you willing to give it to her? Yes, Mr. Chameleon. I loved her. Was there another man in the case? I'm afraid there was. Who? I have no idea. Apparently, my wife's been meeting him secretly for weeks, but she didn't tell me his name. I, 
I didn't want her to just yet. Well, you must have some idea who the man is, Mr. Roberts, some suspicion. No. Well, this is terribly important. We must find that man. We, Mr. Chameleon? Uh, yes, Dave. That's Detective Sergeant Arnold. He's been going over the garden. Uh, come in through the window, Dave. What's the matter? Did you find something? I'll say I did, Mr. Chameleon. Several footprints on the ground below the windowsill. And the same size footprint on the windowsill itself. Look. Oh, but that's a woman's footprint, isn't it? Well, it's either that or the man had a very small foot. Uh, what size shoe did your wife wear, Mr. Roberts? Oh, oh, quite small. About five and a half, I think. Uh, this footprint is at least a seven. I'll take that, Mr. Roberts. Hello? Hello, George. Oh, George, I just heard the dreadful news. The police called Donald Hilton and he called me. I, I couldn't believe it. Are you all right? Is there anything I can do? Uh, just a moment and I'll see. Who is calling, Mr. Roberts? Why, Lydia Clarkson, his secretary. But I thought you were George. I'm sorry to uh, disappoint you, but my name is Chameleon. The detective? Yes. Uh, Mr. Roberts, will you take this call? You can take it in the hall at your secretary, Miss Clarkson. Oh, oh, uh, Mrs. Clarkson, she's a widow. Is she hysterical? Slightly. Oh, well, I might as well talk to her. One of the most horrible features of a thing like this, Mr. Chameleon, is having to talk to your friends. Dave, who's Donald Hilton? Some sort of a partner in Robert's brokerage firm? Yeah, Mr. Chameleon, we've already checked on him. He's not exactly a partner, sort of a junior executive. Young? Mm, about 30. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years younger than George Roberts. Dave, I think we'll pay a visit to that office. Not only would I like to meet Mr. Hilton, but also that loyal secretary, Mrs. Clarkson, who calls her employer by his first name. What you must have thought of me, Mr. Chameleon. I, I mean my being so familiar with the man I work for. But I, I was so sure. Did you try to make your voice sound like his? What makes you think I do a thing like that, Mrs. Clarkson? Well, after all, you're famous for your disguises. When I heard you were on this case, I, I fully expected that you'd walk in here disguised as somebody else. A little too early in the investigation. You... You mean that later... Uh, Mrs. Clarkson, your interest in me is extremely flattering, but I am more interested in you... How long have you been employed as George Roberts' secretary? For many years. We're old friends as well as co-workers. George is one of the kindest, the most decent men I've ever known. And that silly young wife of his fooled him completely. For months she'd been cheating on him. I know, I know. Who is the man, Mrs. Clarkson? Who is the man? Donald Hilton. Yes, Mr. Roberts' partner or whatever you want to call him. That's who Barbara had been meeting. I saw them several times having luncheon together. And poor George never knew about it. He trusted him. That's he... enough out of you, you vicious old troublemaker. Now it's my turn to tell Mr. Chameleon a few things. Mr. Hilton. As if I'd ever do anything to hurt George Roberts. A decent, trusting guy who's been like a father to me. I could kill you for saying a thing like that. One murder is quite enough, Mr. Hilton. Confine yourself to talking. I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Chameleon. My nerves are all shot. As soon as I heard you'd been put on the case, I knew there'd be trouble. Well, you're both extremely flattering. Uh, I mean, I knew she'd make trouble. Only I expected you to come in here in some sort of a phony get-up. Sorry I disappointed you. Uh, what were you going to tell me, Mr. Hilton? Mr. Chameleon, don't listen to him. He's just trying to divert attention from himself. Ask him if he didn't take Barbara to luncheon. Ask him if he didn't meet her on the day she was murdered. Yes, I met her, but it was perfectly innocent. 
A darn sight more innocent than your feeling for George. Be quiet. You expected George to marry you. You'd been in love with him for years and you expected him to marry you. Did you, Mrs. Clarkson? Yes, Mr. Chameleon. And, and he would have married me if that girl, Barbara, hadn't suddenly made a play for him. He was 20 years younger than he was and he couldn't resist it. It meant more to him than my love. I see. Mrs. Clarkson, what size shoe do you wear? What? What size shoe do you wear? A 7B? Why, yes. I thought so. Sorry, Mrs. Clarkson, but I'm taking you to central headquarters to hold you for further questioning. Mr. Chameleon, you've got to say one thing for Mrs. Clarkson. She was telling the truth about Mrs. Roberts and Donald Hilton. They did meet for luncheon. Half a dozen times. So, it looks like he's the man in the case, all right. And, Dave, it looks as if that footprint was made by Mrs. Clarkson. You mean, you don't think it was? Didn't say that, Dave. Something about that footprint I find very puzzling. Anyway, I want Mrs. Clarkson released. I want her to be free to move around so that we can follow her. Come in. Mr. Chameleon, uh, I'm Philip Clarkson. I wanted to see you. Ah, uh, yes, Mr. Clarkson. Your mother spoke of you. In fact, you're just in time. We're releasing your mother. Dave, take care of that, will you please? Yes, Mr. Chameleon, right away. Would you sit down, Mr. Clarkson? Very glad you came. Mr. Chameleon, I, I've been waiting to come, but my mother didn't want me to. You see, she tried to keep me out of it. Mr. Chameleon, I'm the man that Barbara Roberts was going to marry. After she divorced George. What? Yes, it was my mother who introduced us. Poor mother. She never dreamed that I'd fall in love with Barbara, but I did. Last night before Barbara was murdered, she phoned me to say that George was willing to divorce her. Well, I was pretty sure he would. He's, he's so decent and fair. Well, last night I was happier than I've ever been in my life. Mr. Chameleon. In the name of heaven, find out who killed Barbara. That's all I want, to, to find out who killed her and have them punished. Even if it's your mother, Philip? My mother? What do you mean? I, I know you brought her here to central headquarters for questioning. She's but... under suspicion. We brought her here because the evidence was so strong against her. She's going to be released all right, I told you that. But you realize that you have added to the evidence against Mr. her. Mr. Chameleon. Can't you imagine how your mother must have hated that girl? She robbed your mother of two men, George Roberts and yourself. Yes, my dear young man, your mother must have hated Barbara Roberts. That doesn't mean that mother killed her. No, I don't believe it. You can't accuse mother. Just uh, notice that motto on the wall over the desk. The innocent must be protected, the guilty must be punished. Right now, Mr. Clarkson, let's you and I have a little talk about shoes. Shoes? You suspect my mother of being a murderess and then you... You tell me you want to talk about shoes? Can't think of a more fascinating subject. I'm also interested in the state of Barbara Roberts' finances. We can talk about that too, though uh, most of all, I do want to discuss the subject of shoes. A human life may depend on the result of that discussion. Mr. Chameleon and the May and December murder case continues in just a moment. 
If you have an ordinary headache right now, don't let it spoil your sleep tonight. Just take two quick-acting Bayer aspirin tablets with a full glass of water. In what seems like no time at all, your headache likely will be gone. The reason Bayer aspirin tablets give relief so quickly is because they start to disintegrate within two seconds. You can see this with your own eyes by dropping a Bayer aspirin in a glass of water. Before the tablet has reached the bottom of the glass, it will start disintegrating. And hence, Bayer aspirin is ready to go to work almost instantly. Besides giving you the relief you want with amazing speed, Bayer aspirin also provides reliable relief. No other pain reliever can match its record of reliability, its record of use by millions of normal people without ill effect. When you buy, ask for it by its full name, Bayer Aspirin, never by the name Aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle and you get Bayer Aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. And now back to Mr. Chameleon and the May and December murder case. It is the following morning, and at Central Headquarters, the famous detective, Mr. Chameleon, is in the office of the Commissioner of Police. And in Mr. Chameleon's manner, there is that restrained excitement which the Commissioner knows so well means only one thing. Like a human bloodhound, Mr. Chameleon has struck a scent. So here is the setup, Commissioner. For the past year or so, Donald Hilton has been handling Barbara Roberts' financial affairs. She confided in young Philip Clarkson, naturally, since she loved him though she never actually accused Hilton of mismanaging her finances. But you think he did, Chameleon? I think it's quite possible that that is what lay behind her secret luncheon dates with Hilton. Mm -hmm. She knew that something had gone wrong with her financial setup, and she wanted to have it out with Hilton before she went to her husband. But George Roberts was her guardian as well as her husband. Didn't he manage her trust fund after her parents' death? Uh, technically, yes, Commissioner. But Philip Clarkson tells me that Roberts put most of it in the hands of Hilton as a sign of confidence. Oh. This was his way, says Philip, of showing his faith in Hilton. And his faith was betrayed. If you ask me, Chameleon, George Roberts is one of those big-hearted suckers who are always helping people and will always be betrayed. Ah, but he is loved and admired, Commissioner. A sucker's reward. Don't be cynical. Let's see, uh, Roberts Bank is the Gotham Trust Company, and connected with that trust department is a man named Stephen White. Oh, a friend of yours? Oh, a very intimate friend of mine, Commissioner. In fact, when Stephen White removes his straggly moustache and drops his nervous habit of repeating everything twice, you'd almost swear that we were one and the same person. What? You see, Commissioner, we are one and the same person. Oh, you mean you're going to ask the bank to send you to Mason's office disguised as their representative? Exactly, and they will. I want to ask a few questions regarding Barbara Roberts' trust fund. I also don't want to disappoint Donald Hilton and Mrs. Clarkson. They both express such interest in my various disguises. I think they should get a close-up view of one of them. I'm curious to see how they'll react to Stephen White... White. You did say your name was White, didn't you? Uh, that's right. Uh, Stephen White. I represent the Gotham Trust Company. I uh, represent the Gotham Trust Company. Yes, I heard you. But both Mr. Hilton and Mr. Roberts are busy. Uh, you're the secretary, aren't you? You're the secretary. Not anymore. I'm just gathering up my things What's and I... Hello, Mrs. Clarkson. I heard voices out here and I... Oh, 
Well, who are you? Uh, my name is Stephen White. I've been sent here by the Gotham Trust Company to question Mr. Hilton. You, Mr. Roberts? You, Mr. Roberts? Well, yes, but why on earth should you question Mr. Hilton? We have reason to believe that he mismanaged your wife's trust fund. Oh, but that's ridiculous. Not at all, not at all, Mr. Roberts. At any rate, I would like a few words with Mr. Hilton. Oh, very well, Mr. White, come in, but you'll never convince me that Donald Hilton isn't the soul of honesty. It is a half hour later, and Mr. Chameleon, the famous detective, in his disguise as Mr. White, is questioning Donald Hilton. With them is George Robert, who says... Well, Mr. White, what do you say now? Are you convinced that Mr. Hilton is thoroughly honest? That he couldn't have misappropriated any of my wife's money? Your faith in him, Mr. Roberts, is enough to convince me. Your faith in him is almost enough to convince me. Almost? What do you mean, almost? Do you mean you still think you should go through my books? No, Mr. Hilton, I am quite satisfied that everything is quite on the level. If the bank decides otherwise, that's um, something else again. But as I say personally, I'm quite satisfied. Well, that's more like it. Good heavens, Donald has been like a son to me. I believe in him implicitly. I believe in trusting people. I... Mr. Roberts, forgive me for bursting in this way, but there's a man outside who says he must see you. He claims he's from the Gotham Trust Company. The Gotham Trust Company? But Mr. White here represents the Gotham Trust Company. I told him that. He seemed amazed. His name is Whitlock, and he insists he came to question you about Mrs. Roberts' trust fund. I don't understand it. Don't understand it. I am the one who was sent here to talk to you, I'll gentlemen. I'll go out and speak to him. I'm sure there's some mistake. Wait here, Mr. White. I'll be right back. It's the weirdest thing I ever heard of. Weirdest thing I ever heard of. The bank sending two men on the same errand. Yes, isn't it? Weird is the word for it. Very bad timing, if you ask me. Don't follow you, Mr. Hilton. Mrs. Clarkson, what does the man look like? Uh, medium height. I think he wears a toupee. Thick glasses. Toupee. Mm-hmm. Very clever. But not clever enough. Still don't follow you, Mr. Hilton. Still don't follow you. I don't expect you to, Mr. White. But Mrs. Clarkson does, I imagine. Yes, I think both of us know who this Mr. Whitlock really is. <laughs> Hello, Gotham Trust Company? Uh, this is Mr. Chameleon calling from Central Headquarters again. Has Mr. Whitlock come in yet? Well, when do you expect him? I see. Well, have him call me immediately. Yes, at Central Headquarters. Not in yet, Mr. Chameleon? No, Dave, and it's getting late. Whitlock should have reported at the bank over an hour ago. All the stupid oversights. Why the devil didn't they warn him that I was posing as their representative? Oh, there he is now. Can't be. It's too quick. Hello? Oh, yes, Commissioner. What? When? I see. That's what I was afraid of. All right, Commissioner. I'll stop in later. What's the matter, Mr. Chameleon? They killed Whitlock, Dave. They killed that poor devil, thinking it was me. The police found his body in Hancock Park. Driven out there sometime today and riddled with bullets. You want us to pick up Mrs. Clarkson and... No. Hilton? No, wait, I have a better idea. I want you to make some telephone calls, Dave, to Donald Hilton, to Mrs. Clarkson, and to her son, Philip. Tell them that Mr. Chameleon wants to see them tonight at George Roberts' house between 8 and 8.30. Don't discuss it with them, Dave. Just give them the message and hang up. Mr. Chameleon wants to see them between 8 and 8.30. 
the Mr. Chameleon somebody thinks he has murdered. I'd certainly never know who you are, Mr. Chameleon. Done up in that impersonation of Stephen White. Well, I hope that nobody else will, Detective Sergeant Donald. Otherwise, I am in very real danger. Well, here I go into Robert's apartment. I'll hide here and come in if you need me. Good luck. Thanks. Mr. Roberts. Oh, I, Mr. White. I do hope that I'm not disturbing you, Mr. Roberts. I hope I'm not disturbing you, but I simply had to see you. Oh, that's quite all right, Mr. White. Come in and sit down, won't you? I'm... I'm glad to have company. Since my wife's death, this place is a nightmare to me. Mr. Roberts, I'm still disturbed about that man Whitlock who came to your office from the bank. I'm still disturbed. Oh, you expecting company? Well, no, 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 I wasn't. Uh, the maid will see who it is. Well, as I was saying, that man who came to your office, uh, I, I was frightfully disturbed, frightfully disturbed. I, I do hope you don't think that I was the imposter. Hello, that George. I... Am I late? Is he here yet? Oh, uh... Hello. Evening, Mr. Hilton. I'm so glad that you came, because I was saying... Is who here yet, Hilton? Well, Mr. Chameleon. He's said to be here between 8 and 8.30. Chameleon? Why, he never said anything to me about it. Uh, here he is now, probably. Shall I let him in, George? Oh, the maid will do that. Well, who is this chameleon? Who is this chameleon? I well, don't he's... understand it, but they asked right, us to come here. That's not Mr. Chameleon. Here. That's Lydia Clarkson. Hello, George. Mr. Hilton. Oh, good evening, Mr. White. Did Mr. Chameleon tell you to be here, too? You mean he told you, Lydia? Well, somebody called me George. They said I was to meet Mr. Chameleon here at your house. They told my son, Philip, the same thing. Philip came with me. Hello, Mr. Roberts. I don't know what this is all about, but since Mr. Chameleon asked me to be here... Uh, I who is Mr. Chameleon? Who is Mr. Chameleon? Uh, he's a detective. Yes, a very famous detective, Mr. White. Oh, well, in that case, perhaps um, I know what he wanted to say to you. What are you talking about, Mr. White? Well, you see, Mr. Roberts, um, in the course of our investigation of your wife's financial affairs, we unearthed several facts. We unearthed several facts. Among them, a little matter of a pair of shoes. Shoes? Shoes. Shoes. Also, Mr. Roberts, we learned the name of the man your wife intended to marry after she divorced you. What? Yes. Uh, that man, Mr. No, Roberts... No, I... I don't want to know who he is. Oh, Mr. Roberts? I don't want to know who he is. Please, Mr. White, I... I don't want to hear his name. I think you should, Mr. Roberts. I think you should. No. It is Mr. Clarkson. Philip? It was you, Philip? You that Barbara loved? You that she was leaving me for? You... That must be Mr. Chameleon. Oh, I hope no, so. No, it I... can't be, Mr. Chameleon. It can't be. I'm not taking any chances. George! Mr. Roberts, if he walks through that door, I'll shoot him down, and this time, this time, I'll make sure he's dead. George, what's the matter with you? Are you out of your mind? Put away that gun! Shut up, you. You and your son, I'll take care of him, too, after Chameleon. George, darling! Keep away from me, all of you. What do you know about me? Good old George, good old George, so kind and forgiving, understands everything, puts up with everything. Up to a point until something explodes. That's always been your trouble, hasn't it, Mr. Roberts? That you could carry things too long and never show the strain until you finally blew up, till you struck what the without warning. What do you know about it, White, you little pipsqueak? I'll take care of you, too. I'll take care of all of you if I have to. But first, Mr. Chameleon, when he walks through that door, first the great detective, Mr. Chameleon, and here he comes. Dave, don't come in. Stay out there till I call you. And you, Mr. Roberts, drop that gun or I'll shoot. You're facing in the wrong direction. Mr. Chameleon is behind you. Chameleon! Mr. Roberts, you heard me. Drop that gun. 
All right, now turn around. Look at me, Mr. Roberts. Do you admit to the brutal murder of your wife? Do you admit to planting that footprint on the windowsill because you knew that Mrs. Clarkson wore a 7B shoe? Her son told me that you once gave her bedroom slippers as a present, so you knew the size she wore. You went out and bought a pair at 9 o'clock, 20 minutes before you called the police. George! Oh, George, how could you? The murder of your wife, Mr. Roberts, was a crime of passion, but you were also worried lest she take her trust fund out of your hands. Because with Donald Hilton's assistance, you misappropriated her money. But, Mr. Chameleon, he, he told me he was reinvesting it for Barbara's own good. He, he convinced me it wasn't criminal. He was doing it for her. I don't doubt that, Mr. Hilton. Good old George. Who could possibly guess that that kind and balanced exterior concealed a second man, a cold-blooded criminal? What do you say, Mr. Roberts? You... You shouldn't have put the pressure on me making me think that Chameleon might walk in when I was sure I'd already killed him, telling me the name of the man my wife was in love with. The doorbell ringing a third time, I... I never could stand pressure. Never. Never. All right, Mr. Chameleon. Take me with you to Central Headquarters. You're the only person I've ever known who understood me in time. When I am dealing with criminals, Roberts, I have to understand how their minds work. Because very often, my own life depends on it. And with these words, Mr. Chameleon concludes tonight's murder case. There's nothing as important as fast relief when you have an ordinary headache, and millions who want very fast relief use Bayer Aspirin. For Bayer Aspirin is ready to go to work almost instantly. Within two seconds after you take it, it starts to disintegrate, and that's why relief comes so quickly. Remember this, and remember, too, that Bayer Aspirin is one thing you can take with complete confidence. We say this because no other pain reliever can match Bayer Aspirin's record of reliability, its record of use by millions of normal people without ill effect. So for fast and reliable relief, use genuine Bayer aspirin. And when you buy, ask for it by its full name, Bayer aspirin, never by the name aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle and you get Bayer aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. Listen next Wednesday night at the same time for Mr. Chameleon, the man of many faces, in The Case of Murder and the House of Whispers. The part of Mr. Chameleon is played by Carl Swenson, with dialogue by Marie Balmer, from the original story by Frank and Ann Hummert. Music directed by Victor Arden. Your announcer is Howard Claney. Listen, everybody. Thousands of laboratory tests on scores of individual teeth show that new lion's toothpaste actually gets teeth brighter. 
two and a half to five and a half times brighter than any of the five leading brands, brighter by far than any other toothpaste. And the reason is that it's not just another old toothpaste with an added ingredient, but is completely new and radically different in formula. A new kind of toothpaste that cleans without soap and polishes without chalk. So get more brightness in your smile. Go to any drug or toilet goods counter and ask for Lion's Toothpaste. Listen for Mr. Chameleon in The Case of Murder and the House of Whispers next Wednesday night at this time. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Actually suspected the husband throughout the episode. I think that it's practically a rule that if someone appears to be too good or too nice, that they probably aren't really. And certainly the husband fell into that pattern. Although the only weird thing, knowing that he's the killer, is that he walked up to her door and knocked on it and spoke to her dead body for several seconds for no apparent reason. Like if there was some guest or there was someone in the house he needed to impress, that would explain that. But behavior is a little bit weird uh, right after the murder. It is weird in this episode for there to be so much significance on the husband's secretary using his first name, at least from a modern perspective. But Mr. Chameleon is far from the only series to have this sort of use of last names a lot. On the series Are Miss Brooks, the teachers and principal are always referring to each other by their last name. With Armis Brooks, half the time, even when she is fantasizing and trying to make romantic overtures, she still calls him Mr. Boynton. We live in such a different world where nearly everyone is on a first name basis. I will also say that I think, as is usual, Swenson does show his vocal talent with the disguise. I thought he did a good job giving that character a kind of verbal tick, but not one that would be annoying as sometimes would happen on either Boston Blackie or Philo Vance. Now, as to the series itself, I do want to note that we have quite a few episodes and are going to be playing this series for several months. I also expect that there will be more episodes, though I'm coming into circulation, but I don't expect that we'll have any that will fill gaps over the areas that we're going to travel over the next many months. Earlier in doing Great Detectives, I probably would just wait until we had 
all episodes that were going to come into circulation had come into circulation. But as I've mentioned, we are running out of episodes to do. I will try to minimize the number of times that we return to this series. So if we're continuing to have episodes drip into circulation, I'll try to separate our runs through of Mr. Chameleon by about 18 months. Uh, typically, we've been having two more episodes coming into circulation each month. So, giving us an 18-month cushion will allow us not to have to, you know, continue to go back and forth on this series too often. But as I said, we'll be featuring this series for some time. Well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And I want to go ahead and thank Yagle. Yagle has been one of our Patreon supporters since March, currently supporting the program at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Yagle. And that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And if you're enjoying the podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of Mr. Chameleon, but join us back here tomorrow for the conclusion of the lair Douglas Douglas of Heatherscope Matter, where... I think it was more than that. Oh, wait a minute. Now, don't tell me you subscribe to the idea that if the dog were to die, Mrs. Kelly Van Pyten would probably kick off, too. No question about it. <sighs> okay. Well, you don't know her yet. You wouldn't be so skeptical. Her whole life revolves about that dog. And her money, of course. Now, from what I've seen, she just throws that away. Of course she does. At least in small quantities. You know, a thousand or two here or there, even a hundred thousand to some school or library or something where it'll show. But even that's only a drop in the bucket to her. Lieutenant, I don't quite see what you're driving at. Well, she is one of the remnants of a class in this country, fast dying out, thank goodness, that for generations has been cultured and conditioned into thinking that money is everything. That their whole destiny is to control vast industries, lands, railroads, oil, shipping, and people. People, Dollar, by means of their sheer financial prowess. But I thought our present tax Yeah, situation... sure, their day is almost done. But the few who are still around, like Mrs. Kelly Van Pyten, are hanging on for dear life, trying to add to their power. <laughs> hey, Steve, you make a sweet, gabby, eccentric old lady sound like an ogre. She is, no question. I'm sure she doesn't realize it. Simply because this whole attitude has been so thoroughly ingrained into her all her life? That's right. Oh, well, we'll see. Yeah, you'll see. Well, look, let's get to the point. Who do you think might be trying to get rid of the old lady? I haven't the least idea. Well, uh, no family? Relatives? Only living relative is her nephew, Warren Staley. Ah. Nothing. You sure? I haven't been able to pin a thing on him. Where can I find this Warren Staley? At the Maples. He lives there with her, huh? Yep. And you're sure he would be her only beneficiary? Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.